Happy Halloween and welcome to an all-new episode of Dirtcast. I am your living dead co-host, Madeline Davies. I'm your other co-host, Megan Reynolds. And today on the podcast, we are going to be talking to Mike McCash, who is the prosthetics and special effects makeup artist on American Horror Story. <laughs> I'm terrified. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. It's the best day of the year. It's the best day of the freaking year. I hope you're eating candy right now. I hope the only thing you eat today is candy. I hope you scare somebody either intentionally or unintentionally. Unintentionally is unfortunate. Unintentionally is unfortunate, but I mean, it happens like someone scares me like in the bathroom at work every day. You know what's kind of funny what? is that of the two of us, I am the horror fan, mm. but I hate like being pranked or scared like yeah. in that way. Like I feel like, oh, like genuinely betrayed if someone like, like goes out of their way to scare me. I just don't like surprises because I have like Oof. control issues. <laughs> so. The two times in my life that I've been like really successfully pranked, both times I ended up sobbing and the people ended up apologizing. <laughs> so who's getting pranked now, bitches? <laughs> I sincerely hope that no one tries to prank me this Halloween. Yes, but spookily, Megan. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> um, thanks for asking, Dracula, whoever the fuck you are. <laughs> I'm not Dracula. I, I am a ghost. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. The ghost of a Victorian woman is in the studio with me today. Is that? I'm a Victorian man. Oh, apologies. I did not mean to People called me a dandy before. <laughs> I'm good. I have Halloween plans, unfortunately. Not unfortunately, but I'm going to go to a bar with my friends to drink. I think they did this before I moved here, actually, and I've just been roped into it. There's a bar in the East Village, the name of which I cannot remember, but they serve something called bad ghoul shots. I don't know what's in it because, again, this is a memory that they had before I moved to New York, but I'm participating anyway. So I'm going to go to this bar and this village on Halloween. Yeah, Yikes. I'm really super thrilled about that. Sorry, friends. I'm going to go to the bar. Really excited. I'm going to have one and a half bad ghoul shots. I asked my friend Greg, hi, Greg, what was in it, and he said something like, Kahlua. He mentioned a beer. If there is a beer in this shot, I'm not fucking drinking it. Mm. So we'll see. What about you, my friend? I like live in a house that has like a stoop for the first time. <gasps> so I am going to be yes. trying to hand out candy because <laughs> I really love little kids in costumes. Me too. It's like the one reason I really want a kid is so I can like inflict Halloween on it. Um, okay, here's a fun question for you before we get into other stuff. What was your favorite Halloween costume as a child? The best Halloween costume yeah. I ever did, hands down, was when I was in, I think, fourth grade. I was a member of the Donner Party, <laughs> uh, which is, if you don't know, uh, a group of really uh, fucking good. pioneers who, in the 1800s, tried to, like, travel to California, ended up getting stuck in the Sierra Nevadas. They did. Um, many froze to death, mm. and then the ones who froze to death got eaten by the others. Life was hard. It was not pretty. But I... <laughs> Dressed as, like, a pioneer, and then my mom did, like, really cold makeup on oh, me. cute. Um, and, like, made my lips blue. And then we put a fork in my bonnet, 
Nice. That's very adorable. <laughs> Which I feel like is a pretty advanced Halloween costume for a young kid. I should bring it back, actually. Please. That's great. I have always been a very unimaginative Halloween person. Mm-hmm. I think I've only had two years. This year included was one of my better realized costumes. But I think— and you were. I was going to get to it in Dirtiest Start. Okay. Because it's relevant. Stand by, everybody. Stand by. Um, no, when I was third or fourth grade, I was the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland and my best friend— at the time, Molly was Alice. She was blonde. Her mother, who's my godmother, she and my dad made us these costumes. We had like pink flamingos, like pillows that were stuffed that we carried. I had a hoop skirt. Spent the entire night like screaming off with their heads and like hitting my sister with like the scepter that I had. (laughs) That's just like a big sister move. It was a really good costume and one that I could replicate, but I feel very tired when I think about all of the work that my father and my godmother put into that. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I love it. You should bring that one back, too. That is one that I will perhaps resurrect next year. Hey, Maddie. Megan. Do you want to talk about some dirtiest dirt? I am always ready to talk about some dirtiest dirt. Oh, my fucking God. Let's do it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here's what you guys have all been waiting for. <laughs> Megan, what were you for Halloween this year? This year for Halloween, I was the picture of Justin Bieber eating a burrito like a demon might eat a child's face or like a person would possibly eat a vagina. Yeah, you probably have seen the pictures if you're online. It's just yeah. him sitting on a park bench just burying his face into the center of a burrito. The center of a burrito. He's holding the burrito horizontally, which is not how one holds a burrito. He's just biting into the middle of it in a way that I find very stressful. But what did you learn? What did you learn on Monday? On Monday, I learned that that fucking photo was a hoax. It was a hoax. YouTube (sighs) pranksman. They're collective called Yes Theory. How about no theory? How about fuck you? (laughs) (laughs) Little knee slapper over here. We're both both feeling great. It was a fucking prank. They like put some dude, some Bieber lookalike, posed him on a park bench. Someone tweeted the photo. It went by as it does. What is driving the internet crazy? Starting with Justin Bieber. This is how he eats a burrito. JB chowing down on a burrito like it's a corn cob. He's eating a burrito like he's eating corn it's, in the cob. It's almost like he's eating it like a cob of corn. You don't mm. eat raw chicken and you don't eat a burrito like that. Compromising its structure by attacking And if you're not offended, you're not American. Like hold it like so that you... Maybe from under, yeah, like cradle it. That is so freaking funny. <laughs> Dude, yes. Uh, gotcha. I was taken up with it so much that I made it my Halloween costume. You did. <sighs> but, you know, you got a blonde wig out of the deal. And a good and a good winter hat, which I needed anyway. 
Lindsay Weber, friend of the podcast, texted me Sunday with the link to the YouTube video from Yes Theory that was like, it was a hoax. And I responded to her, I am despondent. Um, because I was temporarily despondent, but now I've recovered. <laughs> you know, there's like a lot of other crazy pictures of Justin Bieber that are real. Doing so, shit, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, chin up, you. It's, thank you. I'm I'm getting through it. Let's toot right the fuck along. Cardi versus Nikki round like 27,000. On Monday, Cardi B posted a bunch of Instagram videos that were accusing Nicki Minaj of many things. Being fake. Being fake. Leaking her phone number to the public. Let's talk about the leak number shit, right? Tell me if this don't make sense. How come my phone number got leaked? One hour after that altercation at the Harper's Bazaar party. Tell me how Mariah Lynn number got leaked. A couple of weeks, a couple of months. I'm not sure when, you know, that whole Gwyneth situation was happening. And Raleigh used to have her number. Jason Lee's phone number just got leaked recently. And who had his number? Raleigh. How come everybody that y'all have issues with, that y'all have the numbers in y'all camp, their numbers got leaked? My sister just got into an argument with Raleigh, right? Well, how come my sister number haven't gotten leaked? Because y'all don't have it. How come my new number hasn't got leaked? Because y'all don't have it. Isn't that fucking funny? Which led to death threats against culture. Like, all of this is stemming from the incident at the Harper's Bazaar Fashion Week party in which Cardi threw a shoe Yeah, at she Nikki. tried to attack Nikki, but security kept them apart. Right. So she just goes on and on. I mean, it's like, there's like six videos. I watched them like as, as they, they were, were happening, posted, and it was thrilling. It's insane. <laughs> This is getting so messy. She talks about payola. Yeah, payola was like a big part of— A big theme of this. Um, Megan, can you explain what payola is? Sure, I'd love to. So payola is like paying radio stations or other outlets that play music, paying them money so that you play their records. Um, so Cardi was calling her out about that. But since you want to talk about suing, maybe I should sue you for defamation of character since you want to claim that I'm using something illegal called payola because you don't understand why I am so fucking successful. And my thing is, just like every new artist that had a mega hit like SZA, Ella May, after they get a mega hit, everybody wants to listen to them. So why is it that when people want to listen to me, you cannot believe it, that I, I gotta be cheating for that? There was a lot of, like, scrolling on her phone to find very Receipts. receipts, if you will. Um, Cardi looked really mad. This beef is continuing, and I believe that Nicki Minaj is feeling like her relevance is slipping because the music that she's put out as of late has not been ideal, and Cardi's star continues to rise. Also, a lot of the music she's been doing, Cardi claims, and she again, showed some convincing evidence that's right, she that did. it was... Uh, Offered to her first, yeah. and she turned it down because she didn't like it. Yeah. You're well, saying that I'm trying to stop your bag, right? But I'm actually helping you get a bag because that diesel deal that you got, yeah, that came to me first. And I had to decline it because I'm already working with fashion brands, you know, which y'all going to see because there's more than Fashion Nova. Then that woman like me record... Yeah, I had to decline it because I'm doing a lot of pop records, so I can't, you know, over-exaggerate myself. But that came to me first. And then they give it to you. Oh, wait, but let me show you. Not for the G. I don't even know if she meant it as an insult, hmm. but she was talking about how 
Nicki Minaj was saying that Cardi B was like disrespectful to her. And she's like, how are you going to say that? Like, I have like listened to you since high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you pull up all my videos, you'll see that I'm always showing you respect because you're somebody that I listened to ever since I was in high school. And that's crazy to me because I show you respect. That was, Which is yeah. like one of those lines that like... That was amazing. It's like such a subtle dig. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she definitely like... She, well, Cardi is young. She's 26 and Nicki Minaj is like in her 30s. She's like 35 or 36. So I like think that that's probably true. It's totally true. Which is like makes it all the more delicious. It's like a beautiful 10-year age gap between the two. So yes, it tracks that Cardi was listening to Nicki as a teen. I don't know when this will end. I feel like the answer is never. I think Nicki Minaj seems like a fairly shitty person who's been Fair. pretty awful to a lot of people. So on Monday, after Cardi released all of these... Uh, Unleashed the dragon, if you the will. videos, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj tweeted, Okay, you guys, let's focus on positive things only from here on out. We're all so blessed. I know this <sighs> stuff is entertaining and funny to a lot of people, but I won't be discussing this nonsense anymore. Thank you for the support and encouragement year after year. Love you. That is like what my response is after I've been owned. (laughs) That's like what I say where I'm just like, you guys, this conversation is so petty. Like we're done. I'm not even going to like take part in it. Right. It's a very messy situation. It is. And I want to just shout out to Emmanuel who commented on every single one of Cardi's videos. Yes. Talking about Jesus. Oh. So. Cool. Can I say one funny thing? Please. Is that um, I like to kind of look at the comments on these things. I want to keep up with the conversation. Okay. And the very first one I opened, the first comment was a friend of mine telling a B-list celebrity to not be so thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, my friends are so cool. And I'll have plans and are keeping busy. That's really good. It's nice to keep track of your friends that way specifically. I screen grabbed it and sent it to him. And he's like, I literally just posted that. And like, I was like, well, I'm the right the fuck here, out. bitch. I saw it. Right. Yeah. So I guess we'll have another update later. Who knows? A week is so long in this timeline. Yeah. So, so many things could happen by then. With any luck, the planet won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> With any luck, there won't be another dirt cast because the world will have ended. But if the world does end, mm-hmm. you know, who's really lived it up in his time on this planet <sighs> is Mr. John Mayer. Mm, guitar man. Guitar man. <laughs> the noodler. Okay, let's just do this here real quick. I fucking hate this guy. So I guess John Mayer has an Instagram live show. His Instagram's really good. Is it? Yeah, I don't and follow his him. stories are really funny. Okay. Sorry. Mm, twist. Sorry. Twist. I speak the truth even when it's controversial. You do, and I love that about you. Okay, so Cassie David, who is Pete Davidson's ex and Larry David's daughter. She's a comedian and a comedian and a writer, but she's also those things. Sorry to erase your actual career, Kaz. She was on current mood with fucking Mr. Mayor, and he said to her that he has slept with less than 500 people. Blink once. (laughs) If you've slept with over 500 people. I just want to, hey, I think that's great. Yeah. By the way, what does it say about my expectations that if I've slept, if you find out that I've slept with less than 500, you're kind of impressed with me. (laughs) That is, 
I can't. That's just a large. Um, that's just a large number. Less than five hundred people could be like two people. It could be like four hundred eighty-seven. He's definitely slept with hundreds of people. He has slept with hundreds of people. I think that is fair to say. But the media sort of snatched this little soundbite as they do, as we are at this very moment. Ran with it, said a lot of things, and then John Mayer corrected the record because he did not want his, you know, already sterling reputation with women, respectful, kind. He didn't want it tarnished by this. So I don't think he has, like, a bad reputation. Right, but I, I think mean, he's just slutty. He's slutty, but he's also said some, like, fucked up shit. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, he said that he has, like, a white supremacist dick. Yes, he said he has— a he David said, Duke He said, I cock. have a Benetton heart with a David Duke cock. Which is— In an interview with Playboy. In, like, 2010. It was a while ago. It was, yeah, I think it was, like— He said, Jessica Simpson is sexual napalm. I mean, he said some things, but he walked back. This is, this is what he said. I also just want to say that I thought about it over the week, and I, I actually went back over my entire dating history, and my number is six. So I just wanted you to know that. But my number is six. And uh, I'm proud of that. There is absolutely no way that's true. There is literally no way that John Mayer has only slept with six fucking people. I refuse to believe it. I have really complicated feelings about John Mayer. Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm ready. I think he's, like, kind of a broken person. Okay. I also think that he, like, has a charm and charisma that he, like, fucks up a lot. Okay. That's not what makes him charming and charismatic, but just, like, he— has a quality, and then he'll, like, do something really stupid yeah. to sort of— uh, Like, ruin. Yeah. I think it's really funny that he's very good friends with Andy Cohen. <laughs> I also think that's funny. That's a great fun fact. And I think that he, like—this is, like, such projection, right? Okay, ready. I think that, like, in his heart, he, like, wants to be a good person. Okay. And I think he's, like, ideally— done a lot of introspection since that interview where he said the N-word. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, they were, like, asking him how he feels about, like, having a hood pass. It was from the same Playboy interview. Yeah. The David Duke Cockwood, yeah. And then he was like, oh, you mean, like, an, the N-word pass? And it's just like, you don't have that much I, of a hood pass, my friend. But I do feel like that—I'm not saying we forgive him for it. No. But I think that he, like— I think he's someone who, like, tries really hard, and I think he's someone who's very lonely. <laughs> I think that's an accurate read. I mean, all right. So he maybe hasn't slept with 500 people, but he has definitely slept with more than six. I bet there were months where he had sex with a different person every other day. Or every day. I'm just being yeah. conservative. That was nice, yeah. Like, I also, like— Think about someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, Dude, who it's just like, Jesus fucking I'm sure Christ. there have been like years of his life where he slept with, you know, there's like 365 days a year. Yeah. If you slept with someone new 200 days that year. Then, then that's easy. You're half, you're like on your way. Yeah. That's, you know. That's true. That's true. People. It sounds, it's exhausting. Well, <laughs> all right. Can't wait to see what else he says on his Instagram show, Current Mood. I will. I just, here. Probably John, watch John. It. Oh, here we go. I wish you the best, and I wish you um, emotional and mental healing. John, I wish you the second half of what Maddie said. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. 
What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Bravo Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. So we decided to approach Halloween from a little bit of a different angle this year in that rather than going for like the chills and thrills, which as you all know, I love Megan slightly less so, Mm. we're going to be kind of talking about technical elements of horror movies, uh, specifically special effects makeup artists, which is kind of a long held passion of mine that I don't know if I'm projecting onto you, but I think we share. It's interesting. My appetite for scary movies is so small because I'm a baby Mm -hmm. that I'm not paying attention to the special effects because I am terrified. I'm hiding behind a scarf Yeah, um, because I'm very scared. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like learning about those technical elements makes it more entertaining for me. Totally. That it takes any realism out of it, and I'm just like... How the fuck did they do yeah. that? That's incredible. Totally, totally. That's I think, a helpful tactic for watching horror movies for myself that I will take to heart. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so like you learn about these things and it's just like, oh, okay. I can like handle watching that person get like gouged through the eye when I'm just like, oh, wait, what did they make that eye out of? And what is that? And what, you know? I guess I'm just really, gu- I'm very gullible. I'm stupid. In the new Halloween, there's a scene, and I won't tell you who it is, okay. but Mike Myers stomps on someone's head, and it, like, explodes like a fucking grape, <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, I don't know, ground beef inside. Ew! But it's, like, funny. <laughs> it's, like, kind of funny, because that's not what it would really look like, you no. know? Okay. Thank you. But I will look out for that. You saw the new Suspiria. I have only seen the trailer. There's, like, some really, really gross stuff in it. Cool. As you have mentioned earlier, or I guess it's going to be later in the episode, Mm -hmm. that's production magic for the audience out there. (laughs) Tilda Swinton, like, plays several characters. Right. um, And it's pretty, like, if you don't know, you probably wouldn't know. I mean, I was fooled by the old man Tilda in the movie. Old old man Tilda, as I like to call her. Three mothers, three God, three devil. Mother Tenebrarum. Mother Lacrimarum and Mother Suspiriorum. Darkness, tears, and sighs. Can you remember any movie scenes that, like, particularly horrified you? I can't think of anything specifically because anything, honestly, any scene where I knew that something was going to be really gross, like, I have an issue with, like, gore. Yeah. So when I know that something is going to be really gross, I usually look away. I mean, the most recent horror movie that I saw that I actually watched, like, most of, I think, is Hereditary. Yeah. And there's a lot of really disturbing shit in Hereditary. I, I mean, I was watching the last, like, 25 minutes of that movie through, like, my interlaced fingers over my eyes. That's so funny because to me, like, the last 25 minutes of that movie was hilarious. I was petrified. I was oh, my God. 
<laughs> I was so afraid through like most of it, and then last twenty five minutes, I was like, "This is amazing." No, this I is was such a twist. I was like a ball of tension. A couple of those scenes near the end really, uh, really hung around with me for months. Yeah. I saw The Exorcist when I was, like, pretty young, mm-hmm. which is probably why I, like, cannot do this. I watched a lot of horror movies when I was little for some reason because my dad was like, this seems fine. Right. So we watched, like, the Amityville Horror. I saw The Shining when I was super young, which was not a cool move. But The Exorcist, the scene where she's – doesn't she, like, walk backwards down the stairs on her hands she, and knees or heads yeah. fucked up or something? I didn't like that. And I still don't. Linda Blair uh, broke her back doing that movie. It's fucking insane. So, like, that's what I find really hard to watch is, like, the scene where she's, like, shaking in bed. Yeah, like, she yeah. actually, like, slipped a disc in her back That's or insane. And they were just like, she's such a good actress. And she's just, like, screaming. Yeah, because she's like, she, like, I'm injured. Yeah. Complex put a list together of the 10 grossest makeup effects in horror history. So we're just going to hear what they had to say. Biker's stomach gets ripped open in Dawn of the Dead. That's, that's the 1978 Dawn of the Dead. It's pretty gross. <laughs> That was done by Tom Savini, who's sort of a uh, legend mm. in the makeup horror industry. And he's done, like, all of the of the dead movies, mm. the Dawn of the Dead. The Chainsaw, I have not seen it. Either it's from right. 2003. There's a woman screaming and there's blood everywhere in the image. There Uncle is. Frank and Hellraiser uh, is he pretty gross. He looks fun. The guy getting his skin pulled off by hooks and oh, lo- is loving it. That what's happening? Mm-hmm. Oh. Jesus wept. <laughs> the blown off head in Maniac from 1980. Definitely not watching that. The Exploding Head and Scanners, that is a Cronenberg movie. It's also a very uh, well-known gif that you see a lot. Yes. Um, so I think that sort of made it slightly less. I'm like desensitized from the gif. I think. The chest bursting, an alien. Yeah, it's real gross. Ew. <laughs> And then the werewolf transformation in American Werewolf in London, That's, which in general is just a great movie. It's kind of interesting because it's like you look at these like Day of the Dead stills where it's literally a guy getting ripped in, ripped in half and his yeah. entrails everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And like the way that horror has like kind of overwhelmed pop culture is like, oh, you can see that on American Horror Story now. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you could see this on like network, t- not network television. You could see it on like cable. Yeah. Easily. So it's like, I think we get very, not desensitized to it, but it's also just like our tolerances. Uh, it's, yeah. It's gotten higher. Which I find kind of interesting because I feel like while maybe things have gotten more realistic, mm-hmm. I think I actually find horror effects in older movies um, much scarier. Oh, really? Like if you watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is in my opinion like – and I think a lot of people's so – this is not an original uh-huh. thought. Uh, one of the scariest movies ever. Uh-huh. It's like really, really rudimentary. Okay. And it's just horrifying or I don't know. Have you seen the original Suspiria? No. 
So there's like some really, it's like comic booky violence. You like literally see a beating heart getting stabbed. Ew. And again, it's like not real and it's so hyper like saturated because yeah. that's sort of Dario Argento's whole thing. Yeah. And then another time, a glass ceiling collapsed and like stabs a woman a thousand times in the face. Ew. And again, it doesn't look look super real, but there's something about it that's just viscerally disgusting. Another woman falls into like a tangle of barbed wire. And it's oh, really no. No, no. But like, yeah, and the like, blood is just red paint, basically. Right. I will say to like listeners who do like this type of shit, if you haven't seen it already, Revenge, which came out, uh, I think it came out in 2017, is a really good movie if you like some like gory ass shit. There's a scene at the end that lasts like 10 minutes and it's just a it is a literal bloodbath Ew. but the movie itself is really good because it's sort of a it takes like the rape revenge trope mm-hmm. uh, which usually is done so horribly mm-hmm. but because this is directed by a woman mm-hmm. it's like that's nice much better it just places like way more focus on the revenge than it does on the rape that's so it's great like, that's nice but there's just some like crazy bloody ass scenes and I- a lot of male nudity so mm-hmm. so to get into the more uh, technical elements and less of just us rambling, praying at each other. <laughs> you um, hear that enough. We are actually going to be talking to Mike McKesh, who does prosthetics and special effects makeup. His wife, Erin Kruger McKesh, is the head of the American Horror Story makeup department. And he's worked on so many things. Like, he worked on Mad Max Fury Road. He worked on The Body, which is like the new Hulu horror movie. Oh. It's like Into the Dark. It's like Jason Blum's new Hulu foray. Yeah, and then he worked on Scream Queens, basically like any Ryan Murphy stuff to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Nice. He's just like a very, very experienced special effects makeup artist who's going to share some tricks of the trade and some insights, and we're really excited to talk to him. We are very happy to be on the phone with Mike McCash, the prosthetics slash special effects makeup artist for American Horror Story, Scream Queens. He's worked on Mad Max Fury Road and many other, many other movies and TV shows. He's joining us on the phone from Los Angeles, and we are going to be talking about what he does for work, which is something that is very, very close to our hearts, something that we're very interested in. We're both big face-off fans, so we're yeah. familiar with okay. your wife through that. And also, like, we, like, probably think that we know what special effects makeup we is, definitely. but we actually don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, we have no clue. <laughs> we like to think that we know a lot about a lot and then are usually informed shortly thereafter that we do not, so we're ready. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, face-off is one of those shows where it's like, if you're in that profession, it's always going to be a little bit goofy. Like yeah, right. Show. There's not a chef that watches that show and goes, oh, yeah, that's how a kitchen works, you know? Right, of right, course. exactly. I mean, most of the time you're not under, like, an insane time Like pressure a two-hour situation. Sometimes it's less than two hours. Oh, God. Right? Like, sometimes it's like, can you put this in this person's head in 15 <laughs> minutes? We just came up with this gag, oh, and God. we want it to work, you know? And you're like, okay, I can... I could give you a scenario, but then I would be giving away the end of the show. So oh, sure. So keep that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, keep that. Um, keep that under your hat. I guess that like leads us to ask: How did you end up in this like crazy industry? Um, well, 
I always was a graphic artist when I was when I was younger. I mean, I, I say I wasn't a graphic artist when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I used to crayon and, and coloring books, and for some reason, somebody lied to me and said, "Wow, you're really good at that." <laughs> so, uh, kind of stuck with it. That's so nice. basically, it's all based on a lie. Ugh, um, what what is it? People keep lying. So uh, you know. I used to do graphics for snowboards and skateboards um, when I lived up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my brother started a company down here that made tattoos for film and television. Mm-hmm. So that being kind of where we met in the middle. And, uh, you know, I moved to L.A. and I, I, I started working in this industry. And it just kind of like, if you don't know more than one trick, you're not going to be very hireable. So I just picked up everything. <laughs> I guess I, like, have never thought of the idea that, um, like, fake tattoos as an industry for film. Like, of course that would be a thing. Yeah, yeah. But I've yeah, never once considered it. Well, I mean, back in the day, it used to be, you know, like Cape Fear, like, it's your, just your bad guy. Right. Like, now it's, hey, so we have a, you know, 75-year-old grandmother who's, you know, okay, she wants full sleeves, whatever. Sons <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? of anarchy, getting, that type of thing. Yeah. That will exactly. be. It's just getting bigger, so. We're going to have so many of those in real life anyway, soon enough. <laughs> I think of how all my exactly. tattoos will age, and I don't feel good about it. Well, that and that and now it's just mostly about tattoo removal. Mm. You definitely get a tattoo. Oh, right. Like yeah. Every actor has a tattoo. And- I'm thinking very specifically <laughs> about my favorite celebrity tattoo, which is Ben Affleck's. Oh, yeah. He has the Phoenix, full Phoenix yeah. on his, his back. full Phoenix back piece. That's not real. It's not? I what? I, I drew that tattoo. That's for a film or something because... Uh, I mean, it's it's funny that people thought it was real. What? I'm pretty sure that's the fake one that I drew. That's amazing. I mean, Both of our mouths yeah. just dropped open because I have like that tattoo like inspires and terrifies me like on a monthly basis. That's funny. Um, Fuck. Wow, that's breaking. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> we got a scoop. I mean, I am pretty sure. I am almost one hundred percent sure. Unless we got the tattoo of the tattoo that I did on somebody else, that you know. It's a whole circle. Maybe, but yeah, he, he just loved do. it so much that he was just like, yeah. put it on me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we also have to recreate tattoos for their stunt doubles. Mm. Oh, right. So, like, I've, I've done Angelina Jolie's, all her tattoos for a stunt double. Right. And sometimes, you know, you get these pictures off the internet that oh, are blurry. Right. And so you're kind of interpreting them. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I've interpreted ones that look, I, I mean, all I can say is, from a distance, it looked like a monkey banging <laughs> two symbols together. And I was like, okay, well, that's what I'll draw. And then if you get too close and you can see it, then you're too close because <laughs> it's a stunt person. Yeah, you, you, know? shouldn't, you shouldn't be that close to the stunt double, I feel. Yeah. The yeah. camera should not I actually wrote on there, if you can read this, you're too close. <laughs> you know, and some of those, those tribal-looking tattoos that she has. Ah, uh, yes. While we're like talking about how you fell into the industry, who are some of your inspirations or favorite special effects makeup artists? Oh, I mean, there's there's always the you know the top Rick Baker, mm-hmm. uh, Dick Smith. I mean, there's always those guys. I don't know people who influence me are people that I work with. Yeah, I guess because I mean I work a lot with Chris Nelson. He, he's been a big influence on me. Only. Because he has a heavier style of painting and I have a lighter style of painting. And so we learn from each other, you know, that type of thing. You're inspired by everybody you work with. If you're not, you probably shouldn't hire him. Or right. <laughs> Good point. I mean, it's like when I used to skateboard. If you don't skateboard with people that are better than you, you'll never get better. That applies to a lot of things. And of course, my wife, of course, she's a big influence on me. 
I mean, I think that that is actually always a more encouraging answer. You know, it's like, yeah, there are these like aspirational figures, but, you know, it's like you build your community and you make your team and you make your team full of people who ideally you admire Mm -hmm. and then everybody is raised to another level. Yeah, exactly. I am kind of curious, uh, kind of in the line of like celebrity dirt. Mm. um, (laughs) Uh Who has had to like sit the longest for you in making a prosthetic? I mean, I think Alex Ward, when we did uh, The Addiction Demon, mm-hmm. it took close to five hours. Oh, I mean, that's a long makeup for anybody. Yeah. I mean, if it takes more than that, you need more people on it. Right. Because nobody wants to sit that long. Right. I mean, I, I went out and did Guardians of the Galaxy, and I know that on the first Guardians of the Galaxy, Dave Batista's character, I believe it took him five hours to put that makeup on. Mm-hmm. And I mean... What we try to do is we try to streamline things. So when it came to the second Guardians of the Galaxy, when Brian Seitz uh, helmed all the prosthetics, mm. they got it. I think their their fastest time was almost under an hour. Whoa. Wow. I mean, and you're talking five guys. They changed the makeup up to transfers instead of silicone. What does that mean? What is a transfer versus a silicone prosthetic? Uh, a transfer is like a big, it's like a sticker. Okay. Compared to like silicone, which is your basic, you know, your standard. Um, actually, my brother invented the transfer prosthetic. Oh, wow. Uh, was it over 10 years ago? Nice. But it's an industry standard now. It basically, it's like a 3D transferable tattoo. Mm-hmm. You know okay. I mean? Like the old lick and stick things. It comes sure. on that water slide paper. Mm-hmm. And you can transfer it straight to the skin with water. And it literally has no edges. And I mean, you can buy them in the stores now, so... That does sound like it would speed things up quite a bit as opposed to just like spirit gum, like holding it on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) spirit gum. Nobody likes spirit gum. (laughs) (laughs) When it gets cold, it gets crystallized. It's tree sap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did not. You get sap on your fingers and you're like, damn it, I can't get this off my fingers. (laughs) Right. So So that on your face or body seems bad. I am like the type of friend who people will ask me like, hey, do you happen to like just have fake blood at your house? That's and I'm true. like, oh, yeah, I got it. You, you are know? the person I would ask. Like, do you happen to have spirit gum? I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll bring it to you tomorrow. Uh, that's, that's funny because people ask it all the time. Or some people come up and I'm like, you know, I have an arm at my house. <laughs> yeah. Or I have this head we could use. It's like, you know. I was, like, quite a latchkey kid, and so in high school, what I would do after school every day is, like, pretend to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I know that. <laughs> And so I would spend hours in my upstairs bathroom just doing, like, bruise makeup and burn makeup and, like, that type of thing. Nice. And I think I just love doing it. None of that surprises me. See, and that's hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, like, an actor who you really like to work with, maybe because they're, pati- they're extra patient or they're adventurous? Let's see. Uh, we work a lot with Kathy Bates. Mm, I, I can only you know, speak of what's, what's so recent, but mm-hmm. uh, she's a pistol, and uh, she loves prosthetics. Nice. She's not afraid of anything. I mean, all the ladies on our show are kind of that way. Yeah. Erin likes to put it both black out of tooth and wear a peg leg in a second because they love <laughs> character makeups, you know? Well, it I, must I, be so much fun as, like, an actress to not have to be, like, super attractive. Yeah. You know, like, you get to, like, kind of get a little down and dirty. Yeah, you get to be kind of, like, gross, which seems yeah. appealing, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. It takes a special actress to, or an actor to uh, put an old age makeup on 
you know, everybody still wants to look good, even if they're in an old age makeup. Ugh, I would just be like, make me into the most disgusting crone you can. <laughs> I was just thinking of Tilda Swinton's character in Suspiria. Um, yeah, because she plays I, three different people. She plays, yeah, but the old the old German gentleman mm-hmm. that she plays, which I guess I should have assumed that all three of them were Tilda Swinton because that's Tilda Swinton. But I was definitely like, oh, that was very good, I thought. Yeah. How do prosthetics affect the actor's ability to work? Twisty the Clown seems Oof. like a pretty uh, good example. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can only use your eyeballs to emote. Yeah. You have to be a pretty damn good actor. And John... I mean, yeah, John Carroll Lynch. He's incredible. Um, So are you working closely with the actors or the director in designing these sorts of pieces like Twisties, for example, for usability and for, like, comfort? What's that process like? I mean, uh, well, the script comes out, we have a tone meeting, and we have a, you know, special prosthetics meeting, and we talk about how we're going to do this. Usually, Ryan's given most of the details. Him and Aaron have the shorthand where they can just mention something where they know exactly what they're talking about. So when you say Lon Chaney and his clown makeup, you automatically know what the kind of look is. Yeah. So they have a shorthand, so they kind of know uh, what they're looking for. And, you know, Aaron's got an extensive uh, memory of fashion makeup, you know, since the 80s. So, right. so he can mention anything and, and she'll know it, what uh, he's talking about. Then we decide, you know, everybody's face is different. Certain people have more brow movement, so you have to remember that you can't put things too far down because wrinkles will show or they, they won't be able to open their mouth as much or they won't be able to put contacts in. Mm. But I mean, can't that's all mess with those stuff. Darren Chris brows. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Leave I mean, the, the best, the best uh, example is Pepper from Horror Story. Oh, right. Because she transformed. Oh, yeah. Well, she can emote through silicone. A lot of people, when you put uh, silicone on them, they tend to feel like, you know, they're wearing something on their face, which they are. That's going to, you know, stop them from moving their face. You have to tell them they they can just go for it. Right. And sometimes you have to over-emote because you have an extra quarter inch of silicone on your face. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back into the what you were saying about, like, admiring your own team. is like, another benefit, I feel like, of working with the same people over and over again yeah. is that you get to, like, develop that shorthand and, you know, that taste level that everybody shares. Yeah. And luckily, people want to work on our show for whatever reason. <laughs> so we sometimes we get to pick, you know, our friends that are at the top of their game, and we're very lucky. This year's been crazy only because L.A. is super busy right now. I mean, we had Orville right next to us, which was taking most of the makeup artists in town. Uh-huh. And uh, next, next to them, we had 911 up the, the hill. Oh, we're all yeah. locked. Um, so, and they were taking a bunch of people. It's just, it's, it's a good time that's, to be a makeup artist, I guess. That's great. Here's a fun question. Um, have you ever worked on something so extreme that you personally were grossed out by it? Um, I'm sometimes grossed out by storyline, just like... And you kind of question what you're doing. Like, this is, you know, that happens every once in a while. Sometimes those scenes have been dropped. Yeah. I mean, I won't work on anything that I feel is exploiting people. I've been really lucky that I've worked with Ryan for a long time. And sometimes some things seem a little bit crazy, but there's, a, there's either a reason for it or it comes back to something else. Yeah, I haven't been on any exploitive movies or TV shows where I've been, I felt like, what I'm doing was wrong. That's know? great. 
Yeah, the first thing that came to mind was the, like, LaLaurie mansion scenes in Coven. Yeah. Where, like, it's all such hideous imagery, but, like you said, it kind of comes back around. Yeah. What's your favorite American Horror Story character that you've ever worked on? And I'm going to actually go broader. What's your favorite character you've ever worked on, period? Well, that's always a tough one. (laughs) Let's see. I mean, Pepper's great. I think when it comes to makeups, I guess that people would know. That one was great because Naomi's such a great actress and she was perfect for that role. I th- that would probably be my favorite. Nice. The fact that everybody thought that she was a real pinhead was a real big deal for me too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, everybody should go Google <laughs> like the actress yeah. who plays Pepper because if you don't know, like you'll be stunned. That's such a hard question for any makeup artist. It's like yeah, which one of your children do you love the most? You know. Here's maybe an easier question. What's your favorite like kind of special effect makeup to do? I like character makeups, like stuff that's so subtle that, uh, you know, it's not heavy prosthetics because sometimes when you go too monstery, people automatically know that that's not real. Right. But when you do something like Pepper, you know, it's it's in the realm of a, a real disease, then, you know, I think those are the funnest ones when you can fool people. Like I just watched uh, Black Mirror, mm-hmm. USS Callister. It, it was up for a nomination. It was nominated last year as well for an Emmy. And so I, I watched it a little bit closer, and then I realized the captain, at some point, his hairline goes back and forth. Like, when he's on the USS Callister, it's really full. And then when he's in his office, it's, you know, it's got a little bit of male pattern baldness or a little bit of a, uh, it's thinner. Like, those are the small things that you don't really recognize until, you know, you, you really pay attention. And just so thoughtful. And, and, and I can't tell you whether or not he has a full head of hair or if he has a skinny hair, because... <laughs> I don't know which they did. They could have put a wig on him or they could have bald capped him and then played like center hair pieces, you know? That's amazing. I never noticed. I've seen that episode. I never noticed that. We'll reach out to Jesse Plemons for comment. (laughs) Yeah. Like when he's a captain, he's he's a big man on campus or whatever, you know? So he has to have a full head of hair and he has to be big and tough and he's probably wearing lifts, you know, that type of stuff. And then when he's in his office and he's just like little Weasley guy, he's kind of hunched over, male pattern baldness. <laughs> no looks, lifts. Looks a little sick. No lifts yeah. there. Anemic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I, d- I will rewatch it again just for that specific detail. I mean, it's those little things. I, I recently just bought, I have my friend Christina. She owns Eye Ink Effects. Mm-hmm. She makes all the lenses for, I mean, most movies and most TV shows. I bought a wonky eye off her. I had to make me a wonky eye. So I could put it in and just mess with people because that's, that kind of lives in the real world, you know? It does. Right. You can, many people. You can mess with people. <laughs> and just like see how many people you know would even mention it. Or, or they're just notice. like, oh, something, something happened exactly. to him. <laughs> I've actually worn it before I've done people's makeup. Nice. Just to like meet them for the first time. Like, hey, I'll be doing your makeup. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> how wonky is wonky? Uh, pretty wonky off okay. by about 20 degrees oh jesus okay so it's not just like a late like a wandering no eye. the eye is like not right yeah it's, it's definitely <laughs> wrong <laughs> so i mean i think we can kind of wrap things up yeah. and not keep you much longer but i am wondering okay. if you have advice uh for someone who does want to go into the special effects makeup industry make sure you really love makeup effects i think if you're in it to be on a film set or if you're in it to meet celebrities or if you're in it for the money 
you're in it for the wrong reason. I mean, you really have to love something because if if you love it and you don't make it, you still love it. And there's no no foul. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. true. I think that's good advice for pretty much everything, right? Every profession, yeah. every anything. And, in the and world. I mean, these days you can find anything on the internet. So yeah, I mean, you don't those you don't they don't need advice as far as where to go, where to learn stuff. It's all out there. Right. Definitely. It's more about being a good person. You know, if I could give one piece of advice for that, I would say work on your people skills. Yeah. Mm. No matter how good you are, if you can't work with people, if you don't have a good bedside manner, you probably shouldn't try to get into this business. Well, yeah, you're spending hours with a person. (laughs) Intimately with a person's face and body. Yeah, you should be a good fucking person. And you have to get along with your coworkers. I mean, I've worked with my wife for a long time. You know, some people are like, I just don't know if I could work with my significant other. And it's like, Mm. well, then you probably shouldn't. (laughs) You probably shouldn't work with them. (laughs) (laughs) Then don't do it. (laughs) Well, this was actually a real pleasure talking to you. I really, again, it's... I find this stuff so fascinating, and so to talk to someone who actually Does it knows for, about it yeah. uh, is really, really fun for me. So we really appreciate well, you waking up at, like, the crack of L.A. dawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should also say that, you know, all our prosthetics are made by AFX Studio. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people think that me and Aaron make a lot of the prosthetics, and I just want people to know that there are companies that make our prosthetics that we put on. It's a huge line of people in front of us that make us look good. The mold yeah. makers, the painters, the sculptors, the, you know, the, all the technicians. It you, takes a village. Are, yeah, it's not just a couple people at the end of the line. It's it's an it's a army of people. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you to Michael McCash. This episode was produced by Rachel Withers and was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Madana Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. If you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts.